here on WSQF 94.5, and we call this the Max Time with Max Levinson. What's up, Max? Uh, not a lot, Manny. How are you doing this week, this fine week? Well, you know what? I spent it all day in the sun today. I was on a boat, and you know, I was ill a couple months ago, so I was happy I can handle the waves and the the problems with the uh, you know the waves and all, so I was thrilled about that. And so, yeah, for me, today I had a great day. I'm glad. Happy Fourth of July, by the way. It's almost coming up. Yeah, I have to walk by myself down the street with a flag because they canceled the parade. So I am the parade uh, July the 4th. Well, so <laughs> to start off this uh, this show, um, I thought that this show we'd talk, I have actually a very interesting show talking about the, the watch uh, kind of market during the coronavirus, especially it's very relevant uh, given the recent spikes in coronavirus cases over the past couple couple days and couple weeks. Um, and I think that this is a very a kind of interesting topic, especially now. Well, you did make mention that during coronavirus, wealthy people were actually pawning their expensive watches. Right, That's, exactly. It's a- and, and, and uh, you know, more recently, there have been some actually very interesting auction reports that have been coming in uh, through, like, Phillips, the auction house, for example, uh, which has been selling watches at astronomical prices compared to any other given uh, auction in the past couple months, which is very interesting. Well, give us some examples. Sure. So, uh, just in the in the recent uh, in the recent auction in Phillips, uh, this was on just a couple days ago, actually, on June 27th to June 28th. Remember, if you recall, last week we were talking about the uh, hi- kind of highest tier of the watch market, if you will, the the independent watch brand. You may recall FP Journ and uh, the different brands that we were talking about. Yeah, man, I was completely flown uh, blown away that I couldn't afford any of those watches, but I wanted them so bad. Right. So just. For example, we were looking at, if you recall, the blue dialed, uh, the blue faced FP Journ Chronometer Blue. Uh, one of them actually sold at at Philips. We were talking last week that it would be about a twenty-five to thirty thousand dollar watch. As it turns out, in the past week, I am completely wrong, and one actually sold for over fifty thousand dollars. Oh my God! And then even even kind of crazier than that, a uh, another FP Journ, which we didn't really talk about last week, but it's kind of relevant, uh, sold for over a million dollars. Actually, way over a million dollars, almost uh, one point five million dollars. Hello, and that that watch. A retail for how much back in the day when it came out, for instance? Oh, that's a great question. And, well, I, I will say I can tell you that the estimate for this watch was uh, the estimate. Well, they, they normally kind of under-guess the values of the watch. Uh, but they were saying that it would sell for, this is in Swiss francs, which is about, I think it's the, the conversion is about, it's $1 for every 1.5 or 1.6 Swiss franc. It's about 80, they, they, they saw it selling for about 80 to 160,000 Swiss francs. Wow, so 1.5 is... Wow, and you think it's uh, you think it's anything nefarious or to avoid taxes, or is it just people needing cash? Uh, because someone's buying obviously can blow blow one point five million dollar even if it's Swiss francs, he's blowing even more money. Right, and the other is taking some kind of cash. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what the tax situations are. Neither here nor there. Uh, is there some kind of tax benefit? Why would a wealthy person let go of his watch because he needs the cash? Is what my guess is. Well, a lot of these watches, believe it or not, were actually uh, consignment pieces. I, I know that. Uh, so I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily circumstantial with the times that we're in, or if it's just something that was going on before the coronavirus even happened, before we we entered this sort of fragile realm of the economy. 
Um, but a lot of people, ever since this auction came out, there's been tons of discussions in the watch industry uh, about you know what caused all of this and and what is what is causing this spike in the in, in watch prices or, or just even the the kind of leveling out of watch prices um and and we don't know people some people are saying money laundering some people but you know why in some of these cases why would you uh why would you launder it on such a because a lot of the other watches for well you got you never can you can never really say that anymore because you don't know who's laundering if it's a russian oligarch if it's a saudi lower level cousin prince who needs uh to launder money You've got half of Venezuela laundering money, you know, the upper echelon of the Maduro regime. I mean, there's a lot of nefarious types of people out there. Imagine, uh, here's another new one, uh, the New York, sorry, the Hong Kong banker, the Hong Kong British man who's now realized they can't live in China any longer because of what China just did to Hong Kong. Mm. The first thing you do is start, you know, letting go of your watches. Well, you would see. You would think that, and I agree. But also, like if you look at some of the other, uh, some of the other results from the auction, for example, a, a Jubilee bracelet, which is the the really flexible bracelet Rolex GMT, a uh, blue black GMT, the Batman, as we like to call it, it sold for I believe twenty five thousand uh, dollars on on Phillips. You know, and that watch is an eight to ten thousand dollar watch, brand new, uh, and you know you can find them very easily for for eight to ten thousand dollars if if you look hard. So enough. people are people are looking for the older Jubilee then. Uh, well, not even. This is a new watch. This is a, a two thousand late two thousands watch. So why why would you suspect it went it went that high? I, that's the question. Is that, and I and I was actually watching a a very interesting discussion between two very uh, knowledgeable watch dealers earlier today. Two actually based in Miami. Um, one of which is Mental Watches, and, and the other one was the Davidoff brother, or one of the Davidoff brothers. They're uh, two two very well known jewelers in the watch industry. Max, let me stop you real quick. We yeah. are almost at seven o'clock, Manny, and I know some people will be joining at seven. So if you want to reintroduce for the seven o'clock, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we're, we're good. We're good. Hey, I, I, hey, I, hey, hey, who's that chaperone that's butting into your conversation? I don't know. Who could that possibly be? Would, you, would we like to introduce our little chaperone sitting? Yeah, man. What is he IDing you too? I mean, what's up? I, I listen. I I don't know. He's just he's just here. And that I, guy, uh, I was told that guy doesn't even have a watch. So why is he talking? This is true. The Adam Levinson of StatutesAndStories.com is sitting here. Oh, by- I now understand. He wanted you to plug him because he was your show is becoming more popular than his. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yes. Yeah. So you plugged his show. I get it. I know how that works. Everybody remember to go to StatutesAndStories.com. That is StatutesAndStories.com for. Yeah, help my dad out because I'm out doing him right. because people love watches more than statues and stories. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's really good. That's why we blink once here. We said it. Blink twice. You missed it. I am the Ed McMahon, so I'm. Just- <laughs> You're the Ed McMahon. Yes. Egg. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm just kind of going through it right now, actually. I'm going through the auction reports on Philips.com, and, and some of these watches are selling just for absolutely astronomical prices. It's it's really crazy to me to, to be looking at Well, you just taught our audience something. Everybody who's listening, who happens to be listening to on live stream, WSQFradio.com, if you're not here in our local South Florida area and you're not in your car, go to Philips.com so we can share these auction prices with each other because I just learned something. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually a very interesting thing to look through because some of them, in very, very rare circumstances, aren't actually selling for as much as I would expect. Uh, but most of these watches, which it's, it's very rare that there's a discrepancy, they're, they're, they're just selling for absolutely astronomical prices. 
And these, there's Jumbo Royal Oak, uh, AP Royal Oak, selling for over $100,000. And, and Okay, but now help our audience here because I'm on Phillips.com. I'm seeing art. Where do we go for the watches? Is there a... Department's at the top. Arm, uh, say it again. Department's at the top. Department's at the top. And watches. There we go. Okay, folks, you heard that. And then you... Watches are on the very bottom. Oh, my God. Look at this Patek Philippe. See that band? You see that band on that Patek Philippe? Which one? Oh, the... I had a POJ like that, and I sold it for $7,000 because I... Is that a 24 that you're talking about? Yeah, my God. That band is unbelievable. I will tell you, that watch, it's, they're, they're selling... They're saying it's going to sell from... Uh, in, in Hong Kong. I don't know how that... How that uh, translates but from three three million five hundred thousand dollars to five million dollars for that watch oh my god you make me think that i gave away my watch well, well, well there's, there's, there's a difference between uh you know uh 24.99 patek philippe and, and basically anything else uh, in in the entire universe uh okay well my watch was uh was a uh plj and if you can imagine that band going through the dial Okay, literally through the dial onto the other side. Uh, how much you think? And it was white gold. I don't think it was platinum. I would hate to think it was platinum. Yeah. Um, maybe do some research on me so that I can feel really bad about selling it for seventy five hundred bucks. You have to no. You have to send me uh, if you if you have any pictures of it. Feel free to send it to me, and I'll I'll, I'll look into it. I inher- I inherited it, and it was it didn't cover it didn't go around my wrist, so I had to sell it, but. Maybe I gave it away for seven grand. You may very well have. You never know. It's 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 just one different difference in, in a reference number can make all the difference in pricing. It's really a it's a crazy market. It really and is. And what reminds me is that band. It was identical. Interesting. Well, actually, this band is a little bit more rough. Mine was actually more elegant. Mine had like a feather a feather quality to it when it was opening and closing. And and even I'm looking next to that watch. If if we're looking at the same watch, there's there's actually a. Uh, a minute repeater Patek Philippe, a uh, uh, 3979, uh, which is just a time-only and minute repeater watch, and they're they're saying it's going to sell anywhere from two million nine hundred thousand to four million. I'm starting to get sick to my stomach, man. Imagine if I gave this watch away. Oh my god. <laughs> You never know. You never know. And stuff like that happens all the time. Like we spoke about last week, people sell these watches for, you know, all, all this money uh, or for, for no money compared to what they're actually worth. And then people just don't, you know, aren't aware of it. Look at that. Every one, every single watch I see here. The problem is I don't like the commenters. I don't like extra buttons on the watch. Right. Uh, me personally. But my God, every one of them are beautiful. This is one of the reasons, Manny, people listening to the show. There's expertise here. Before you get rid of a watch, make sure that someone tells you before you get taken advantage of. Right. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, I was actually recouping some of the money that I had splurged for my Rolex. So it was at, it was at that time that I sold it. And I kept it in my jewelry box for years because I never was impressed with the offers I was getting. Right. But now that we're talking and I see this watch band here, I'm starting to freak out. I want to take you. I was talking to my dad after last week's show. I want. I want to take you to a to a Miami uh, watch show. I think you'd find it very interesting to see just the the, the variation in, in what different watches go for, and and uh, I think it's some very interesting information to be. Well, that, that time will be coming soon because there was great news today. Uh, um, as you know, our, our brothers and I, the three of us, you know, since we've lost our parents recently, uh, we have to sell the childhood home. You know. And three lots down, you know, there was a big, big, big sale today that came out in realdeal.com 
for $8.5 million, so you can imagine. Wow. And uh, the genius of, you know, my father, 1975, bought that house for $220,000. Ah, hello. It's quite the, it's quite the, uh, quite the return. Yeah, it is unbelievable what this what my father has done for our family. His vision, his uh, ability to keep something for all those years, you know, to raise us there, save the whole time. He's making me look really bad as a dad. So I don't know how I'm going to impress my kids after that, but uh, oh well, we got to try our best. You're not everybody can be an attorney with a statues and stories website with a smart kid that knows more about watches than I know about meals. So, so Manny, I want I want you to go just so I can get your reaction to some of these uh, to some of these numbers. You're at you're at uh, the Phillips website, correct? Yes, I am. So go to auctions. You saw where auctions was under watches. What? Under watches. Let's see here. I just went straight to watches. Now there's auction. Where am I gonna find? No, so so click on the watches where we were. So go to departments. Go to watches. Okay, now I go to Hong Kong watch auction. No, no, no. Go below that actually, and right below that, if you go to auctions, go to to past auctions, and it'll say the Geneva. Geneva watch auction because this is an auction that just happened. Uh, view auction calendar. Uh, go a little bit below that. It says past auctions. Uh, below, below. Why don't I see that? Uh, Hong Kong watch auction. Uh, what month was this? In June. It was June. Let me see if I go through the calendar here. I go back to the calendar. It says June 2020. Manny, as you're looking, I just wanted to point out that over time, Max is going to introduce you to not just Phillips, but some of the other, and some of these names you're going to recognize, others with regard to auctions and boutiques, you know, you may not recognize because they're not household names. And also, a lot of auctions just aren't happening right now. I, I believe there was a Sotheby's auction and there was a Phillips auction, and that's really been, that's been the gist of it for the past, you know, long period of time. You know, recently, you, or, or even before coronavirus, you were able to go on to, uh, you were able to go on to the internet, and there there were auctions happening every night of these special watches, and now it's very rare. Okay, I'm under the auctions tab, and all the other products are coming out. Where um, so start start again? Go to go to the top of the screen, and then go to departments. Go to watches. Okay, I go to watches. Go to watches, then scroll down, or actually in the in the uh, scroll down a tiny bit, and you'll see uh, there's features, auctions, videos, and department info. Okay, but I hit that and I get this beautiful watch, Patek, uh, Patek Philippe. If you scroll down, you don't see past auctions. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, Hello. right there, and then go to the Geneva watch auction, and you'll see a, it's kind of a pink gold Patek Philippe, twenty four ninety nine, or, or fifteen eighteen rather. Here we go, fifteen eighteen. So as you start going through these watches that were in this sale. You can see just the astronomical prices. Like for example, uh, this is a there's a the number four uh, was a Rolex uh, sixteen five twenty. Uh, which so is, everybody knows that's the reference number. It's, it's the reference number of Daytona with the white dial. The same Cosmograph one that my Daytona. Bought. See, I don't. I find that hideous. I don't like that at all. I and, actually, I, 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 I think that it's it's definitely up for interpretation. But this is the exact watch that we bought uh, two years ago, and now this one sold for for twenty seven thousand five hundred Swiss francs. We paid ten thousand five hundred dollars for that exact dude, watch, sell, and you still have it. Sell it. Or, well, that's the question because I, I think another interesting reason. That, that these watches are going for so high right now is a lot of people, at least this is from what I heard earlier today on the, on the discussion that I mentioned earlier, a lot of people are reluctant to go to, to, to watch dealers because a lot of the people that are in the position to spend millions of dollars on watches, they're kind of into the, the, the anonymity, if you will, of buying through an auction house. 
I would assume, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Wealthy people really don't want, uh, uh, you know, grifters, and they don't want swindlers talk, calling them and approaching them. They want they want privacy. And, and they're also the types of people, like, you know, the, the $500 in a negotiation isn't necessarily going to matter to them in, in a watch buy and in, 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 a, in a sale. Uh, for example, you know, no, they're not going to go to a watch dealer and say, hey, well, I'll give you 5000 or I'll give you, and they're asking 10000 we'll give you, you know, 9000 for this watch. They're not that type of person. They're just going to go to an auction house and bid. Yeah, uh, I see these Rolexes here that blow me away because I don't like any of them, but I would sure like to flip them. 32000 for a gold Submariner that I find hideous, but it's rare? Wow, what a great price. And even 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 that, like, if you scroll down even more, there's just a... a Look uh, at the G GMT Master, my God, twenty five grand. Holy... Here's God. another theory, gentlemen. I'm curious on Max's opinion. Sure. Because people have been housebound, and you can't, in many cases, go out to the stores and buy, so the online dimension, and Max will talk about it, of how the industry has moved in a lot of ways online, when some of these high-end companies didn't want to have an online presence because they wanted it in the stores, and now a lot, of, as we were saying, has moved online. So, Max, I'm curious what your thoughts were. Well, there, there are there are actually a lot of retailers that are online, like uh, you know, Cellini or whatever other retailer you would go to in New York, Tourneau. They have online they have online uh, websites where you can buy the watches, and uh, but these these watches, there's a special element. Uh, that you can't find them at, at retail stores, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious that these, uh, like, for instance, what we talked about last week, owning an FP Jorn, here, here they are. If, if, you, if you go into a, a, a retail store in Manhattan and ask for a FP Jorn Chronometre Blue, they're going to laugh at you, they'll, they'll, and they'll send you if out. If they even know what it is. Well, they'll know what it is. They're going to laugh at you because there's a you know waiting list just to get one. Just to spend, you know, $20,000 for this watch is a waiting list. I'm looking at one right now, lot 101 on the Geneva watch auction, and it's sitting here, and I'm waiting to see where I can get the get the price, but they won't tell you, so they want you to bid on it, and again, you're not going to get it. Here is another theory, if you guys want to wade into the hypothesis. Sure. But without sports betting, I think the only sport right now is the UFC, right, the ultimate fighting. So people have had extra time on their hands, and here's the question. What have they been doing with that extra time when they're not spending in stores? Buying, right, exactly. And, and I think it's also interesting. I saw, I just scrolled down to Lot 101 that you were talking about. That's the FP Jorn that sold for one, uh, one this one was 1.4 million Swiss francs. Oh, my freaking God. Isn't that insane? It's an insane. But if I had the 1 million, man, I would spend it in a second. And, and, and even wow. here, there's a, there's a Rolex. In fact, our cousin Doug, he has a he has a similar watch to this, and and he we were talking about it in, in the value of this. There's a, a a Kermit. If you may if you may be familiar, it's a lot 111 of. Explain what a Kermit is and some of the Rolex models, the names, right. and the nicknames. They, there's there's a, there's a huge market with with Rolex, as you know, and a lot of these uh, uh, a lot of these watches. You give it a name, and it'll add. You know, five thousand dollars to the to the value of the watch, but uh, for I believe it was Rolex's so man, 50th. Take a guess. What color do you think the Kermit is? I was somewhat of a greenish color. Right. So so there's there's two green Rolex Submariners, as you may be familiar. There's there's the Hulk, which is the full green one, and then there's the there's the uh, Kermit, which is a black dial with a green bezel. The dial is the the face of the watch, and the bezel is the the part around it with yes. the indices. Right. So and Kermit doesn't get as mad. Ah. No, and it's probably uh, it's probably an acrylic, uh, uh, an oven baked uh, acrylic paint to make the green. Well, they stopped that 
actually doing that. Those when when you when you would uh, find or like a Bakelite bezel with a Rolex. Yeah. Uh, just a Bakelite bezel Rolex GMTs could sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars because they they simply don't do it anymore. Now they're made out of you know metal and aluminum. The bezels rather and. Uh, I believe now Rolex makes their bezels out of platinum. I have my one of mine has a platinum. Yours has a platinum bezel, and then the, the new um, the new Rolex Submariners has a, they use primarily ceramic to make their bezels. Wow! And and what 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 makes them so confident that they won't snap when someone hits it? Because people have a lot of confidence when they have a Rolex around their wrist. They do rough stuff. It's, it's funny you say that. I know a story of somebody that, that bought a, I, I don't know if you're familiar, you know the Omega Speedmaster, the watch that I was wearing. Yeah, that's your favorite watch. Right, my favorite watch. And they, they made, good, they, exactly, they made a, uh, they made a, a, two special editions of the Speedmaster. One was called the, uh, the Dark Side of the Moon, and one was called the Gray Side of the Moon. And these two watches were made out of ceramic. And there, there was a story of a guy who had bought one and bumped his wrist up against a, a, a counter or whatever else, and literally the, the lug of the watch snapped off oh my god that's a terrible pr that's a that's a pr disaster for the company and i can imagine if you if you were to hit the watch up against a window of a, of a car or something it would absolutely just shatter the window yeah right and and i i just think it would be very interesting to, to own a ceramic watch i'm sure i never will but uh it's an interesting concept. never say never ask your dad you know one <laughs> one jury one jury heads in your direction and before you know it you know this is the last question by Ed McMahon before he uh, has some coffee. But since you talked about the Kermit, I'm curious, is there a pink Rolex, which is the mate to the Kermit? Well, the, sure. So the, first of all, on the Kermit, what I was going to get to is that the Kermit, uh, which which a couple years ago when I, when I would talk about it, um, we were amazed that it was selling for $20,000. This one sold for 56,000 Swiss francs. Jeez. And, and I remember sitting there with with somebody that owned one and telling them that it was a twenty thousand dollar watch, and they were amazed. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I guess we all walk around amazed. We're all amazed at these watches. Uh, we just I don't know. There's something so powerful about a wristwatch that uh, once you see the finesse of the craftsmanship, it's on your mind all the time. And the only way to not think about it anymore is to get off the website. You know, just not look at them anymore. Like this. I'm looking at this watch here that I've never seen in my life. It's Patek Philippe, and it's like a rose gold, and it's over the top. It's just incredible. And uh, hello, do I want it? Or yes, of course I do. 30, 39000 bucks. Yeah. Unbelievable. Now, see, there's all these others that are not appealing to me at all, like the Ogmar Piquet. There's two of them that are but ugly to me, and yet they're going for thirty-five grand. I mean, come on. And they're all butt ugly. Patek Philippe um, going for uh, $156,000. I would never own that watch. That's what's amazing to me is that even the stuff that I wouldn't even look at are other persons, you know, bet the house on them. Look at this one, $487,000. So if you go to even, and, and, and this is where we kind of get into the nitty-gritty. This is another topic that I had lined up for tonight, and I think you, you will find this very interesting. Uh, specifically the Rolex, the vintage Rolex market. Uh, once you start getting into it, it's, it's very deep, very broad. But 
different little tiny variations in one vintage Rolex watch can make all the difference in price. And and, and to somebody like uh, like my dad, for example, you look at you hold these two watches and they're exactly the same, but one has the Swiss uh, the, the the little Swiss text on the on the dial underlined, and the other one doesn't, and that makes a you know ten thousand dollar difference in the price. Uh, one has a bit, slightly bigger crown than the other one, and that's you know makes a four hundred thousand dollar difference. Four hundred thousand dollar difference. If you if you look at the uh, lot number thirty two, uh, which is a Rolex sixty two hundred, and they call it the Big Crown Submariner, uh, and this one actually um maybe even be a pre Submariner because it doesn't say Submariner on it, but. And this watch has, has the bigger crown. It does say Submariner, rather, but that watch has that you can see a, a very substantial crown, which is before the Rolex put little crown guards on the side. Yes. And that watch sold for four hundred thousand Swiss francs. Jeez. And 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 a, a comparable Rolex Submariner without that crown, you know, a couple of years after would would be a lot less than that. Still not not a whole, uh, you know. So it really is about the egos. Right. Exactly. Who knows more about what? <laughs> Exactly, and, I, and, 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 and an interesting story is my my grandparents. Uh, they we have a they have a condo in, in on Hollywood Beach, and while we were there one time, I was in the elevator, and I, I was talking to to one of the people that lived in the building, and he was wearing a Rolex Submariner, uh, and this this was a, a 1680. We call it the the, the reference is 1680 Rolex Submariner, and there was a very few made with the Submariner in in red. Uh, and, and that we we call it the red sub amongst us watch nerds. So watch you're talking about the bezel. You're talking about the face. The, the on the dial instead. Well, you know how it says Submariner on the dial. Yeah, it would be in red uh, font. In red, exactly in red text. And that that slight difference changes the value of the watch by you know tens of thousands of dollars. So this and so this person on, had it had it in red. A red sub sold for seventy two thousand Swiss francs. So you called him out on it, and he and he looked at you like, "Hey, kid, you know a lot." <laughs> I told I told him in the elevator, and I and and I and he told me that he paid three hundred and fifty dollars for that watch, and that was a lot of money for him. I believe he had just gotten married, and he and he so he bought that watch for three hundred fifty dollars, you know, in in the sixties. Ed wanted to point out that when Max throws out the cost in Swiss francs, it's actually the exchange rate right now. Is a Swiss franc is worth a dollar five or a dollar six? So it's even more in you in, in the United States dollars. No, it's it's uh, yeah. You get you get a five, you get five cents more. Right, exactly. Now, what about this Rolex here, sixteen eighty? I've never seen it before. It's super cool because it is uh, the same Submariner I bought my son. Only for some reason, the the uh, the dial, the numbers, uh, not the numbers, just the dial points and the arms. What do you call the arms on the watch again? The arms. Hands. Right? Hands. The hands. Sorry, not arms. Hands. They're gold. So I, I see the watch that you're looking at. I wow, four hundred thousand bucks and, and seventy-two thousand bucks. It's number thirty-one. Thirty-one. That's oh, insane. I, okay, that's just the loom. Oh my god, and I see the red Submariner a font that you're talking about. What's up? There you are. Wow, seventy-two grand. That is gorgeous. I'll bet you. I'll bet you when you bought that watch for your son. There was one, there was a red sub sitting right next to it for the same price, you know, to however long ago, 10 years ago. And, yeah, I bought, it, I bought it when he graduated from law school, so that was, uh, of course, these are always estate sales. I don't buy anything new. Sure. It doesn't have, like, a story behind it. I'm not, I lose interest. Um, geez, um, let's see, sturdy. When you graduate, Adam, how old were you when you graduated from uh, law school? 
Adam? 20... 21, 23? 22. 22, so eight years ago. 25, he was 25. 25, well, he's 31, so six years ago. Okay, so maybe not, maybe not, but... The, you no, know, I, didn't, I didn't pay anything prior, near that. A couple years prior, you would have seen that exact same watch, you know, right next to it for the same price, and, and nobody would have known the difference. Yeah, I uh, I remember paying, I think it was 7500 bucks. Yeah, so this is definitely recent. And my yacht master, I paid eighty five hundred bucks with the one with the uh, platinum basil. I think I stole that one. That person, that person, I thought gave it away from me. Am I right or am I wrong? Uh, I you said it was how much? Eighty five hundred dollars for yacht master with the platinum basil, uh, and it had the uh, the dial was crushed diamond, so it's kind of like a very light silver. And if you apparently under a microscope, you know, under a, a magnifying lens, you could see it was crushed. They're crushed. Somehow they crushed diamonds in the enamel. Right, as I'm, as I'm sure you could imagine, uh, the the Rolex Yachtmaster. Again, this is the, the the realm of of the Rolex market. It's nobody really understands it because uh, you have to spend years and years analyzing this market to really understand it. But a a Yachtmaster, especially a Yachtmaster One. There's two Yachtmasters: the Yachtmaster One, the Yachtmaster Two. The Yachtmaster Two is a chronograph, and the Yachtmaster One is is a lot like the Submariner. Uh, in a lot of ways, but kind of more dressed up. Uh, yeah, mine's the one, the more dressed up one. Normally, it's not as desirable as a Submariner, just because it's not a Submariner. Uh, yeah, mine, uh, mine, I love it more than Submariner because it's not really thick either. It's kind of thin. And again, it's it's all on preference. It's all based off of personal preference. If you like that watch more, buy that watch because you're going to be the one wearing it. But but to the to the mainstream watch buyers that you know really really are into this stuff. Uh, they they would prefer for whatever reason the Submariner just because it's it's that it's that name it's the Submariner. Yeah, the Submariner I thought was my um, I would give him that because it's the appropriate entry watch for Rolex, and that he himself would start falling in love and do it himself. You know, like upgrading himself. Um, but I think I'm going to upgrade it for him because it's time with all these watches I'm seeing. I'm 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 gonna go nuts, man. This is stock going... stock the auctions because sometimes you know you never know something may go may go cheap, and uh, you never know. And, and Manny, don't call it a magnifying glass. Do you know what the terminology is? Oh, a loop, right? The the one that the, it's that little tiny one that it's in the little leather container that I have. Jeweler's loop. A jeweler's loop. It goes straight to the eye. Right, exactly. That's a jeweler's loop. You know, my father left that behind. My uh, my great grandfather, who was a uh, he owned a pawn store in, in New York. He had a bunch of them, and I have one. It's a necklace, actually, because he would you know hold it. You could use it to, to tell if a diamond was real or fake back before they had you know diamond testers. Um, What's a diamond tester? What does a diamond tester do? Does it shine light through it? Uh, it, it? I don't know exactly how it works, but you Different touch it. It has a little probe, or at least the ones that I know have little probes, and it, it, it'll tell you uh, what the if it's a diamond or not, basically. If, or, and some of them are even smarter than that because, you know, there are CZs and different fake diamonds that people can, can produce uh, that can even fool them. But back in the day... Right, here, here's something I, right down my alley. Reference number 3448, completely blown away. Apotec Philippe. And look at this, 1970. My God, the colors. It's got the moon face. Geneve, it's got the, the, the abbreviation for the days in French. January is in English, but I guess son is Sunday. And man, look at the price. I'll never ever own it. Six hundred and forty four thousand 
freaking dollar. Well, a 3448 is, is, is easily one of my favorite watches ever. Jeez, this thing is beautiful, man. It is, it is one of the most glorious, just gorgeous, inspiring Patek Philippe's that you will ever see because it's just so plain. Uh, uh, plain, it, elegant, the hands are flawless. Oh, my God. Right, and, and, and I've been very, very, I've been lucky enough to be able to hold one of those and actually to wear one of those. Uh, I wore it, I believe, in pink gold when I had, when I wore it. Um, it wasn't mine, obviously, but I, I, when I was in New York, somebody had one and I got to try it on. There's, there's nothing like seeing that watch in person. It looks good in pictures, and then you see it in person, it blows you away. I would be afraid to hold it. Yeah. yeah, it's really amazing. In fact, the calendar is German, not French. And and I believe that watch has has it in two different languages. Languages. So if you if you set it, uh, there's it, it kind of alternates between English and whatever other language, and then you can you can switch the two. Oh yeah, I, we gotta switch pages here. That's uh, why I keep on looking at this thing. <laughs> now for the listeners, right now you're on the high end. You're still on the high end of the market. Right, we haven't even gotten to half of the watch market, or you know, even three quarters of the watch market. We're looking at at the at the main brands that everybody knows about. You know, Patek Philippe and Rolex, uh, and and sometimes AP and whatever else. Uh, AP stands for uh, Audemars Piguet. We know. Um, and again, you said that too fast. Well, no, Audemars Piguet, AP. Oh yeah, oh my God, yeah, I don't like those. I don't like their style at all. Some of them, and yet people love them. Actually, I, I, I guarantee you later tonight I'll text you over a link to a to a AP that's very, very similar to that 3448 Patek uh, that has kind of the same vibe to it with just the uh, the annual calendar and the, the moon phase. Look, here's another Rolex I've never seen before. It's just so mundane and plain, but it's a, it's a presidential day date. You oh, know? boy. Uh, 18039, but ugly green face. Uh, and it's pretty cool, man. It's, uh, I never thought I would like it, but I like this one, 35 grand. So I want you to go to Lot. By the way, does that have a name, the green Rolex? It's just, they're, it's they're called Stella. Like, Stella. They're kind of very, like, niche watches. Yeah, they say it's a highly rare, but attractive white gold. Oh, it's a white gold day date. Yeah, man. That's... Those are cool. Those are because if if you're familiar with the day date uh, lineup, which you are more than more than a lot of people, uh, they're only made in gold, and and they're made in two types of gold. They're made well. They're actually there. There's a platinum version now, but jeez, must uh, be out of control. There's there's the yellow gold and there's the white gold, and they, they it's very rare that you'll see a white gold day date, especially one uh, you know from from twenty, thirty, forty years ago. This is uh, 1980. 1980, right? Exactly, and that that is a gorgeous watch. And they 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 actually started shooting up in value recently because they're they're hard to come by. I would pay 35 grand for that easily. It's a very it's a very. I paid 25 for my uh, my white gold Rolex. What lot number is it? Uh, where do I find that again? Reference 18. It's just right. It's the top number below the picture of the watch. One eight zero three four. Oh, that's the reference. Oh, yeah, eighteen zero three four. What's what's lot number? It's the. It's just the. Oh wait, hold on. I may I may have found it. Oh yeah, the green the green day date. I see what you mean. That's very cool. I've never seen that before. But I love the 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 gold dot. You expect those dots to be gold, or they? Uh, it would probably be gold. I'm sure they're gold. I'm sure they are. Now, Manny, just be careful. If you're buying a watch on Canal Street and it starts turning green, there's yeah. a whole other reason. Right. <laughs> Yeah, on Canal Street, my God, the mob was involved there. What's up? Uh, that's brilliant. Look at this one. This one's insane, but this looks too bullish. This is 180838, total black face, day date, 
yellow gold, oh, nothing I like. Really, really, this is like kind of very Jewish, actually. So, so, so this is a Jewish watch. Go to lot number one. But it's super cool, man. It's just a bullable looking thing. I think I think you'll like because I'm I'm sure you've never seen this watch before. There's a on lot number one fifty seven. One fifty seven. Uh, wait, wait. I gotta go back to one fifty seven. Yeah. The the if you if you look, uh, there's a number below every picture of the watch. Every every different corresponding watch picture. There's a there's a number right below the picture, and it, they they go up as you scroll down. Yeah, 157. Oh my God! What kind of face is that? That's a Rolex, and it's. A, I'm sure you'll see wow. it similar to that Patek Philippe 3448. Oh my God! Look at that face. And and they don't make that watch anymore. Oh, of course not. It looks like it's from the, the medieval times, for Christ's sake. Right, Rolex would. Wow. I, I you know in the past 30 years, I'm sure would never even consider making a watch of that. Oh uh, my magnet. God! That would be like a timepiece of all timepieces, man. Look at that! I never even thought that Rolex would consider moon phase. A moon phase with a with a, a calendar, annual calendar, I believe. That watch and it sold for 187,000 Swiss francs, uh, which is more than that in dollars. Which is more right, exactly. Wow, 36 millimeter, meaning it's tiny. It's nice and elegant. And, and, and it's notable that that watch has what we call the star dial, I believe. If you look at the indices, which are the markers that go around the, the dial. Uh, yeah, it's got stars. Right. Incredible, man. Holy moly. Look at the second hand. It's like an arrow. It's not, that's, believe it or not, that's the date. That's not even the second hand. The second oh, hand that's is the that day. Yes, yes, on day 18. Absolutely. Subdial, explain for the. Well, the sub, right, so the, the subdial. If you look uh, where the moon phase is on that watch, and for everyone listening, the subdial. If you if you look at a watch, uh, there are often little uh, smaller counters within the dial within the within the watch, uh, with with smaller hands. And, and the second hand on this watch is, is within one of those subdials. And you'll often see that with the with chronograph watches, where the second hand, uh, or the, the chronograph second hand, is normally where the second hand, the traditional second hand, would be, and it stays at 12 o'clock until you start. So the second hand here is in the moon phase, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's, it's the yeah, the second hand is where the moon phase is. You can see. Wow, and and she has that old look by design, or it's because she was so old? Which one? Right, and this watch we're looking at, because I see that the face. Uh, it looks very uh, antique. I don't know if it's on purpose or it's simply because it was old. So I'm sure this watch is it's, it's from the 50s. I believe it's it's circa 1951. It is so beautiful. Man. Yeah, and, wow. and again, in, in the past 30 years, there's never, I guarantee there will never be something to come out of Rolex with this type of complication ever again. Yeah, this is one of those watches you buy because you earned a big commission that came out of nowhere. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you just drop it on a watch out of complete lunacy. But it is spectacular. I'm so happy you're showing me these watches. I would never know. I would never know about this thing. Look at that. My God. Oh, here's here's where we get into my little niche, moving away from Rolex a tiny bit. Uh, if you scroll down just a little bit from that watch that we were just looking at, uh, you can see it's lot number 161. Okay, here we go. One more moment, please. Here we go. One. Find people who are joining. What website? Go to go to the Phillips the Phillips Auction House uh, website. It's so it's Phillips.com. Right, and and you go to under departments to watches, and then under auctions to uh, to past auctions to the most recent past auction, which is already passed, uh, June twenty eighth. So just a couple days ago, and you can see have you have you found lot number one sixty one? Here we go. I'm going back down here one sixty one. 
So that watch, I'll, I'll describe to everybody else. This is the most fantastic website I've ever seen. Right? It is. It's great. It's great. And I'll show you uh, after, and, I'll, and I'm sure. There's maybe, your Omega Speedmaster. Uh, the Omega Speedmaster is something I am very familiar with. I'm actually wearing one right now. Damn. Um, you, are, you are obsessed with this watch. Look how, look how cool it is. So, so what do you notice about that watch that's different from any other Speedmaster you may, have, may or may not have ever seen? I would think that is the orange hand. Yes. Precisely. So, so the, the, the chronograph second hand is, is orange. And there was a very, very, it's kind of, nobody really knows where this watch originated from. Uh, but in Omega, in, in 1967, they made a very, very small batch of these and watches. And it's pretty large, too. It's 40 it, millimeter. It is. It's the same size as mine. It's, it's, it's a very, very large watch. And they made a small batch of those watches with orange second hands, and 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 it kind of earned the name Ultraman, which is a cartoon superhero, I believe, or something along those lines. Ultraman, Ultraman uh, for for whatever reason. And in the past couple of years, uh, given social media, and this watch for anyone listening sold for uh, forty grand Swiss francs, which actually is not a lot for one of these. I've seen them sell for a lot more. Uh, because it's very, it's very hard to verify if these are true or not because they're what are the key what are the key signs to know if they're true you, you'd literally have to be somebody that has had held a, more than one of these to be able to tell the difference between one that's true and one that's not so because like for instance uh Rolex has sometimes the crown deep inside the bezel like you'd actually look through the glass to see if it's there does omega have anything like that like a, a like a hidden trademark or something that you look with uh, the eyeglass loop. And well, I'm looking at I'm looking at mine right now, actually, and and you can see there's there's this one thing that a lot of watchmakers will do, uh, and and this watch, as you get kind of this is why they don't do this because uh, or this is why Rolex doesn't. Well, Rolex actually does do this; they do something very similar, but uh, you often would want to have other signs than than just this because oftentimes people will uh, replace the watch crystal. But in the crystal, if you look at the center, right in the center above the hands, above the, the little uh, center piece that holds the hands on, yeah. there there is a actually lasered in Omega symbol, Omega logo. Oh, that's so key. Right. So with your loop, with your eyeglass loop, you could find, you could see it. And, and Rolex does something very similar. Yeah, on the twelve on the twelve mark. Oh, exactly at twelve o'clock, and they and they laser it in in, in dots. And you can uh, only and, and see it with a loop. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah, and also in the arm and the wristband. If you take off the wristband, where the what I would call I'm going to call it a hinge, for the sake of the audience. Sure. But if you take off the wristband of my presidential Rolex, you'll see a crown in there. Right, and also you may notice. Uh, which are you wearing the uh, the Yachtmaster today? Yeah, today I'm wearing the Yachtmaster. So I don't know. I don't know how new or old yours is, but if you look at we call it the Traptor ring, which it's the space between the crystal and the dial. Yes. You can see Rolex uh, may or may not be spelled out around it the entire surface of the of the Traptor ring. And what does that mean if it's not? Because I, right now I'm not seeing that. Okay, so if you're not seeing it, that's not a bad thing necessarily because they start they only started doing that recently. More oh yeah, recently. this is an older one. Remember, I buy a state. Right, right. So that. So uh, oftentimes, if anybody's wearing a Rolex, a newer Rolex, a Mariner, Rolex Daytona, you will see that that uh, it says Rolex, 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 Rolex. Yeah, all, all the way around. And then I believe at once you get to about uh, nine o'clock, the serial number they will have the serial number spelled out on on that part of the watch. 
um, and it lines up with certain. I believe the R will line up with one uh, with one indice, and then the X will line up with the other. There's, there's very intricate ways of telling them to be true or not. What is a chapter ring? I, I explained it. It's the space between the the. You know, between the glass and the dial. What if it says made in China on the back? Man, you're screwed. Jump off a building. You just got ripped off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I got to take you with me. So um, so back to that Speedmaster, uh, it's very hard to tell if these are true or not because there's, there's literally just one variation between this and the normal Speedmaster, and that is the hand. Uh, so it would be very easy to, to fake something like this. But uh, recently, in, in the past uh, the three, four years, Omega actually re-released the Speedmaster Ultraman. Uh, they started this social media campaign called Hashtag Speedy Tuesday. Oh, my God, it's brilliant. <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with that? Have you no, 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 not at all. So, so in the watch community, a lot of people started, for whatever reason, posting on Tuesday pictures of their Speedmasters. And uh, anybody who collects watches has a Speedmaster, and the entire watch community would do that, and they would tag it with hashtag Speedy Tuesday. So what does Omega do? They they release a Speedy Tuesday version of the Omega, of the Speedmaster. Oh, and, my and, uh, God. Waiting list big time. <laughs> So for the second edition, the first one was kind of just a, a different a different uh, variation of a Speedmaster. But for the second edition of the Speedy Tuesday, they actually recreated the Ultraman Speedmaster uh, in the new kind of uh, refreshed version of the Speedmaster and, and marketed it in this really clever way. And, and it's a little bit larger like all the newer watches or no? It's, it's about the same case size because the Omega Speedmaster was always a very, very big watch. Yeah, you can see here it's got a lot of stuff on it. Right. And uh, your tachometers is for uh, uh, a 60-second tachometer and an hour tachometer, correct? Can you, can, you, uh, can you explain to everybody what that does, what the tachometer does? Well, there's speed, there are two speed watches right. within the watch. So what you can do, this, this very actually simple complication of the watch, um, I'll show my dad, there's, there's numbers going around the bezel of the watch. Uh, and if you say you're, you're, you're auto racing, the, the Rolex Daytona is famous for this as well. The Rolex Daytona and the Omega Speedmaster have the uh, tachometer, the tachymeter uh, around the bezel. And say you're traveling at a very high rate of speed, more than 60 miles an hour, uh, around a racetrack, you, uh, you pass one mile marker and you start the chronograph. And when you pass the next mile marker, you stop the chronograph. And whatever number that the, that the, uh, the chronograph second hand is facing, that's how fast you averaged over that interval of space. Very important for a race car driver and someone in the uh, in the pit in the in the pit room. Exactly, exactly, and it, and it's a very very kind of clever way of doing that because uh, you're you're not only have the chronograph on the watch, but you also have the tachymeter, which is uh, it's it's an interesting complication to have because it's not a mechanical complication. It's it's now it's incredible that this watch is pretty beat up. Uh, as I zoom in, you can tell that Agard's done its thing on it. And yet, you really couldn't even touch this up, right? If you touched it up, the value would go straight down. This is true. And I, I can tell this this watch has definitely been polished a little bit. There's, it's been buffed um, because you can see that the that the uh, the edges of the watch are definitely uh, not as sharp as they would be from the factory, especially compared to mine. But, uh, again, you know, for forty grand, it's it's quite the... Getting buff in a gym, good thing. Buffing the watch is not, not a good so thing, good. right. Now, here's one that I'm learning for the first time. Number 99, Laurent Ferrer. Laurent Ferrier, right. So, La, how would I say it? Laurent? La, Laurent Ferrier. I, I, 
Laurent Ferrier, white gold, travel time automatic with the box, 41 millimeters, so it's fairly large. The the bezel is just beautiful. I mean, my God. No, sorry, not the bezel, the crown. Right, right. The crown is gorgeous. Have you have you thirty five grand as a person? I never know. So, so Laurent Ferrier is a is a very very interesting guy. Uh, he's a independent watchmaker, like somebody that we were we were talking about recently. And, and while I'm talking about this Manny, I want you to click on the picture of the watch and look at the movement. Because if you scroll on the left, there's there's pictures of the watch. Uh, and just look at the movement, and, and I'm sure you will be blown away because uh, it's all done by hand. Wow! That, now, what what's really amazing is the primary hand is one beautiful arrowhead. That's very unique. Yeah. And the second hand is even more unique. It looks like uh, ah, like a feather, uh, like a feather stem. I mean, uh, wow. I mean, the vision behind that, the design is, uh, it almost looks feminine. These hands are, are fractions of millimeters thick, and they are all made by hand, literally made by hand. It looks it, man. It's really just, uh, and look at the... Uh, uh, what, what, what do I call uh, the 5, the 10, the 25, the 35? What's it called? The yeah. indices. What's it called? The indices. The indices. Look at them. They're, they're, they're incredible. They really are. And, and, and that wow. watch, actually, the complication, it's called, you can see the travel time. Uh, those two little pushers on the left side of the watch will move the, the hour hand left and right. And, and you can adjust. Say you get off a plane and you're in a different time zone, you can easily just move the hour hand uh, based on wherever you are. That explains why the crown is so fantastic. Right, and 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 a little bit about Laurent Ferrier. Well, I I guess we could have spoken about it last week, but this guy was actually. Are you familiar with Le Mans, the race? No. He, well, it's every year there's a uh, there's a there's an auto race in in um, Le Mans, France, I believe. Yes. And and uh, he podiumed at Le, at Le Mans, I believe, in the 1990s. He was a he was a driver in Le Mans, and then he went on to make to become a watchmaker. Well, you know, hopefully Emerson Fittipaldi, who run who won the won the Le Mans once, uh, hopefully he's listening. Or maybe I gotta ask him, did you win the Le Mans once? Because that's the one that's twenty four hours, right? The twenty four hours. Of Le Mans, right? Yeah. So maybe he wasn't involved in that because he's Formula One, Indy. Uh, you know, he was a champion in both, but. Uh, yeah, he, this is. I can imagine him wanting a watch like this. This is this is a really really cool watch and, and very cool, man. And the, okay, so the the obviously the date is on the right. What's on the left? Uh, the, okay, so that 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 has to do with the uh, the travel time complication. As you, uh, I believe, as you um, move the the hour hand forward, that tells you, I believe, how many hours forward, how many hours behind you are, based on where you were originally. Ah, so so that's really for the it's really for the time traveler, the guy who's a jet setter. Exactly, exactly. Wow, that's pretty catering to a, a very specific buyer. And 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 believe it or not, uh, recently uh, in the last year, uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with Hodinkee? Max, before you do Hodinkee, just for those who want a little bit of history, Le Mans is the oldest since 1923 in the city of Le Mans, France. Right, it's considered one of the most prestigious automobile races in the world. It's the Grand Prix of endurance and efficiency. Yeah, 24 hours at Le Mans. Right, exactly. So, um, oh, what were we talking about? The Hodinkee, right? So recently, uh, Hodinkee. Are you? Did you? Have you ever read Hodinkee, Manny? No. Okay, so Hodinkee 
for those listening, and, and uh, you may actually be very interested in this, Hodinkee is a watch publication, a very, very well-known, well-regarded watch uh, publication, uh, where they have, you know, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of, of readers a month. And they are friends with Max. I've met them. I've been to their to their uh, headquarters in Manhattan, New York, and I, I, I know the founder, uh, very interesting guy, Ben Clymer. Uh, but and they, they kind of set a lot of the trends in the watch industry. In the past year, they actually teamed up with Laurent Ferrier to make a, a special edition of this watch and sold it for, I believe it was a $60,000 watch, and they sold out within hours. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. They just created a niche for themselves. Well, look, I just found an FP Jorn in a range that, that I could dream about, which is fifty grand, and it's blue-faced. It's called... That's the chronometer blue. Eventi de Fessit. It's called Invented de Fessit. I guess that's French or. Lot number is it? Lot number is. When you say lot, uh, I got 40. The number 48 is on the list of 48 there. Look. Well, Max is looking. You have to ask him, Manny, what is a Hodinkee? This is the most influential watch publication, online watch publication. I see it. Ask him what a is. So, so by the way, that watch. Before we get into that, look at the look at the crown on that baby. That, that is cool. that is the chronometer blue. That's the watch I was. That's actually the exact watch I was talking about earlier. The one that uh, last week we were mentioning. I I, I said was about a thirty thousand dollar watch, and now that one sold for fifty thousand. Unbelievable. And and uh, it, that's that's just a beautiful watch. I I, I also got to hold one of those uh, in person. And that is you, very cool because the hands the hands are completely flat. Very cool. This is true. And if you see the movement, the movement is all gold. And it's just the attention to detail is just fantastic. Very, very cool. What would you say that, that blue is uh, uh, enamel, right? Baked enamel? Uh, I, I believe so. Don't take my word for that, but I, I wouldn't surprise you. I believe it's an enamel dial. Yeah, very, very, very cool. And look at the next watch after that. Even more elegant than ever. But, you know, you and me are, 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 are throwing a cast aside as gutter kids because you know it's a million forty thousand that is the million dollar fp jorn there were two i believe that sold in this sale for for over a million dollars and there were two fp jorn uh these were two of his earliest watches that he produced damn look at that watch that is just mind-boggling one million uh forty thousand swiss francs which is which is probably well over 1.1 million dollars and, and it's funny, it's got a $20 band on it, you know? It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, that, uh, that said, that watch, actually, I did wear, I know I know a guy who I was actually going to try and, and have on the show later on, um, a very, very well-known watch photographer and watch dealer, um, and also race car driver. He brought uh, a bunch of FP Jorns down to Miami when I met him. And he had this a watch very similar to this, a, a later a later version of it, but a watch very very similar to this. It is just drop dead, and the bezel is at four o'clock, not at three o'clock. That makes it really cool. The, right, the crown, and, and if you look Sorry, at. Sorry, I keep on calling bezel. My God, it's at the, the top. Crown. Look at the top of the watch. Do you notice anything interesting? Uh, there's like a cable, gold cable there. There's, that's that's actually how you wind the watch. Oh my God! It spins. Right. So, so when I first that is so watch cool. up at at Watches and Wonders two years ago, uh, I got I got the privilege to wear that uh, very similar watch to that, the same style and the same uh, the same reference, I believe. 
I, I asked I asked him how do you how do you wind it because I tried spinning the the crown at four o'clock that you mentioned and and it turned out it, it was at twelve o'clock and you had to wind the watch through that crown. That is so cool. Right. And I would have never guessed that. I just thought it was a design thing. You you cr you you crank it up that way. Right. Very rare limited edition platinum and pink gold dial. Hello, platinum's right down my alley. Yeah. Time wristwatch with double es escapement. What does that mean? Double so if you notice, the watch has actually two watches in, into one, uh, where you can have two. It's dual time, if you will. Uh, two two escapements refers to the two. It, uh, can you can you see the pictures of the watch if you go into the listing? Oh yeah, man. The watch is there. You can see that there's two watches facing. Look at the look at the picture of the the underside of the watch. The movement. Okay, let me see here. And you can see there's actually two balance wheels inside. So oh, yeah. Two wow. watches that are independent of one another inside of the, of this one watch. Holy moly. The wonder. And originally this watch was going for what, 100 grand? Uh, yeah, well, this, this watch would, would have been created in the infancy of F.P. Journe, you know, and it probably would have been a, a probably less than $100,000 watch back in the day, and, and now it is a one point. One million dollar watch. This is the difference between a appreciating asset and a depreciating and a depreciating asset. asset. It is, it is just so incredible. Right. It's really, it's really important. I bet you there's a lot of people that are listening to us on 94.5 FM or WSQFRadio.com saying to themselves, "Geez, why am I buying a cheap watch when I should just invest in a damn good watch and know that it's always appreciating?" It's true. Because these are just, I mean. And not to mention this website, this must be a $100,000 website because it is just, it allows you to do everything you want to do. Later on, later on, I want to, because uh, we've now done two shows, literally, it shows you how just uh, magnificent the the, uh, the realm of independent watches on, because you can literally just spend an hour admiring one of these watches. Yeah, you know, I can see me now just sitting here on this site for days on end when I'm, when I'm bored and I want to pretend like I can buy all these watches. Right, exactly. I mean, Max's goal today was to sort of go down the pyramid into the other layers of the industry. You can't even. You can't even. It's. It's. I, I'm literally looking through, uh, and, and we were looking actually earlier at admiring this Epijor and the uh, the the Torbion, the one that sold for for 1.4 million Swiss francs. Okay. What well, do you know the number? It was uh, lot 101. 101. You like Oh my God! Money. Look at that. <laughs> Jesus. 1.4 million. Yeah. And, and, and we it's were talking just insanity, last... man. It's just, um, uh, you know, you look at it and you're like, there's really people that were fighting for this watch. I bet you there was a person who bid it at 1, 1.1, 1 1.2, 1 1.3, and it just went on and on and on. And I, I don't know if you ever heard this story, because I think it's an interesting, since we're on the topic of watch auctions, uh, were you familiar with the auction of the Paul Newman, Paul Newman Rolex Daytona? Did we talk about that? Yes, we did. So, so did I ever tell you what? How did you did you ever watch that that auction and when, when it? No, I, no, of course not. So it was. I, I will believe, now though if I can. If you call me, I'll get on. I'll get on the internet to watch anything. Somebody that that watch. I'll send you the link to to watching that that uh, auction because I watched it live when it happened. And they started it off. I believe it was a hundred thousand Swiss francs or a hundred thousand dollars within a minute. Of, of the watch auction starting, they got a call and somebody said $10 million. Sir. <laughs> it, just, it jumped from 100000 to $10 million like that. Yeah, in other words, shut up, everybody. I'm going all, I'm going all in. It was so funny. I, was that the final price? No, it, so it went you know, another $7 million after that. Really? 
I thought you were, that was the magic question. I had to assume it would go for the $10 million. Right, no, it definitely did not. It, it was everybody, you could hear the, the, the simultaneous gasp in the room, a nationwide gasp of watch people that were watching this auction. So that it sounded like a rigger, you know? It was crazy. But that is a one-of-a-kind, the Paul the Newman. The Paul Newman, Paul Newman, right, that sold at auction for $17 million. What did Paul Newman have to say about it? <laughs> oh, well, he, his daughter was there, and, and the guy that uh, he gave it to, his, his at the time, his daughter's boyfriend, who, did, who didn't own a watch, and when Paul Newman asked him what time it was, he, he said, you know, I don't own a watch. And Paul Newman gave him his watch, his Rolex. Took it off his wrist. Took it off his wrist, gave it to him. And it was that watch. It was that watch that sold for, and it was still in his possession, you know, 30 years later when it sold. Well, hello. Jeez, here's your watch. Holy moly. Yeah. And that that was like a hint. Hey, honey, you got to marry this guy. And she well, probably... they, they actually didn't even get married. <laughs> they were they were reunited, uh, you know, 30 years later. Uh, and I believe a lot of the um, a lot of the money that that came out of that watch actually went to uh, to Paul Newman's daughter's uh, foundation. There was a foundation that she had founded, and, and a percentage of the money went to, to her foundation. That the yeah, that's I don't know if it's decent of him, decent of her, or Paul. Both. The minute he gave the watch away, he, right. he put it in his will. Listeners ah. of this show are going to get to learn about auctions. They're going to get to learn about the websites. They're going to get to learn about the industry. And a real quick story, Manny, uh, and this was in the news a couple of years ago. It's happened in New York City, where uh, sophisticated criminals realized that they could target guys in the city who were wearing fancy watches, and the girls would head back with them to their room. Oh, yeah, yeah, it happens here on South Beach. They were spiking their drinks, and right. lo and behold, the guy would wake up, and his watch was gone. Yep, absolutely. That happens in, in South Beach. It happened friend, to friends of mine. They, uh, they uh, went to the champagne room. These gorgeous Russians showed up at the club. Uh, you can imagine, uh, you know, five Cuban guys celebrating their 50th birthday and five beautiful Russians, all professional, you know, sitting on their laps, drinking champagne, da-da-da-da-da. The girls looking at each other, hey, that guy's got a Patek Philippe. The other guy's got a Rolex. You know what? You take him, I'll take her. And the, all these guys woke up, and their watches were gone, their wallets, everything. Right. This is true. Very sad. Uh, not very sad. It's actually ingenious, you know. If I were a Russian woman, I'd be doing the same thing. Okay. I would, I would be very sad if that was me. <laughs> yeah, it's very I, If I woke up and my then my uh, prized Omega Speedmaster was gone off of my wrist, I don't think I would fall for that. But See, I just found, like, an old Rolex Daytona 132. This is, like, archaic-looking. The, uh, the tachometer uh, crowns are, no. are gaudy and ugly. And yet, it still went for sixty-eight thousand dollars. We call that actually along the same uh, along the same lines of the the the, uh, the Speedmaster sub. That is the the big red Rolex Daytona uh, with the red Daytona text. You can tell this one is very clean. And and if you go actually two lots farther on, one thirty-four, there is a pre-Daytona, which is a Rolex chronograph before they even called it a Daytona. Oh, my God, look how busy that is. I would never own that. Yeah, well, that's before they had, you know, the, the, tachy, the, tach, the tachymeter on the uh, bezel, and it was all on the dial. Yeah, yeah, that's too busy, man. Who in the hell wants to be dizzied every time they look down at their watch? Oh, boy, I would, I would love to have that. It's a 6234 uh, reference Rolex Daytona. That is a beautiful watch, or a pre-Daytona, rather. Wow, and you can see that uh, you're absolutely right because of the $412,000. 
exactly. It's insanity, man. And then, and then actually, right next to that, right uh, on and not number uh, what is it? One thirty-five. There is a Paul Newman Rolex Daytona. A Paul Newman Rolex Daytona. Oh my God! Look at that. It's the first time I see it. That is it. That is the exotic dial Rolex Daytona. That's uh, a, a variation of the Paul Newman. Paul Newman sold for seventeen million dollars. And what is it that they, what is it that Rolex was enamored about Paul? It was it his racing, or was it what? I mean, well, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, named for Paul Newman when it was made. It was actually uh, it just an exotic dial that Paul Newman happened to buy, uh, and then people started calling it the Paul Newman because they saw him wearing it. Wow! So what talk about starstruck? Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. nothing. There's nothing really incredible about it. Quite frankly, I don't find it very pretty. But I do find seventeen million dollars very pretty. And that that watch, if you see just a just an exotic dial Rolex Daytona that that could be called a Paul Newman, will sell for over one hundred thousand dollars. Even if Paul Newman didn't own it, they sell for over a hundred thousand dollars. This one, this one in particular, sold for two hundred thousand Swiss francs. It really is amazing. I mean, humanity is very very odd, because this is one of the uglier ones I've ever seen, and yet, look at the look. This one went for two hundred grand. Yeah. All based on hearsay and storyline, and people just gotta have it. This one's actually quite damaged, um, and it's but ugly. It's got white, it's got red, it's got black, it's got the tachometer, it's got everything I dislike about it, and yet it's damaged. You can tell that she's got some age on her. Yeah, she's 1969, so yeah, she looks nice and old. It's got her dents on it, and yet somebody had to have it, man. Two hundred thousand dollars. Correct. Wow. Well, wow, wow, I could never own that watch. That, that's, that's butt ugly. And I'm not so crazy about, uh, it wasn't, uh, I thought Paul Newman was cool, but, you know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of watch collectors out there that would disagree with you, because that, that is a, it, I really think it's a, it's a very cool watch. Okay, here's one for you. I've never heard of this in my life. It is actually spooky funny looking. This is called an MB&F. Max Booser and Friends, of course. Wow, that's the one you talked about last week. Last week, and actually right next to it, if you look at lot 139, my favorite watchmaker that I, I'm i sure I will never have the assets to own uh, when I'm older, a uh, Dubatune, Debatune, you may see. Yeah, Debatune. And, and so the, this is, again, in the realm of independent watchmakers, because you will see some crazy, crazy, crazy designs in, in this uh in this realm. But there's, yes. That, and is that, am know, I to assume that it gets uh, wound up at the top? Uh, it, it, there's a, there's a crown. Wait, oh, you're you're referring to the Debathune? Yeah, the Debathune 139. There, there uh, you uh, you wind it up at number 12 again. Correct. And wow. the, uh, the the interesting part about that watch is is if you hold it, it's one a very very big watch. But the lugs of the watch, the parts that come out, you may notice that they're kind of attached uh, at to to themselves at the on the side of the watch. Yeah. They, they actually are. We call them articulating lugs, and the lugs move to fit your wrist. Oh. So the the watch case is actually independent of the lugs themselves. So the the watch the, the 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 kind of part surrounding the case of the watch will move and contour to your wrist uh, when you put the watch on, and that's that's something unique or exclusive to Debathune. So Manny, Ed McMahon is also a timekeeper, and I think we're coming up on that time. So Max, wondering out loud, what do we have in mind for next week? Well, next week uh, we'll have more interesting shows. We can go down the uh, the. Uh, or we, we could go off of what we, we did this week. Oh, my God, a Harry Winston. What the hell is that? <laughs> I, was, I was actually I was waiting for you to mention that one. Holy moly, my God. It looks like uh, 
It looks like a slot machine. Yeah, I was I was expecting you to mention that. That is a that is a very very rare. Who in the hell would want to own that? One hundred sixty eight thousand bucks. It's just the complication of how you be able to get the watch to display in in that given way. Manny, that's art is in the eye of the beholder, and these are designed not to look like watches. Right, this is true. And this particular case, my my freaking god, look at this thing. When the numbers are enormous, they look like billiard balls. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, it's called Vianney Halter by Harry Winston. This is true. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, that's the end of our show. That was $168,000 of Harry Winston. That's We have finished it off. You go to the Phillips.com site. You can go see it for yourself. And you wonder if, you can, uh, if you'll ever get to a meeting on time if you own this watch. But, hey, the back of the watch is impressive. And uh, we can't thank you enough, man. You're teaching us a lot, and I'm completely blown because I've, you've turned me on to like five different watchmakers that I never knew existed. Right. Very cool. So max time, it's time. Time's up, and uh, you know, buy your dad a Timex. You know, get, oh, I'm on my way. <laughs> I get him an entry level watch, a Timex, and you can always go Casio. That was my uh, entry level watch. It's true, mine too. All right. Well, take care, my friends, and stay free. You're listening to Max Time. On WSQF, Blink Radio 94.5. Happy 4th of July, Max. Take care. I know. You are listening to WSQF 94.5.